Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. And we bring in Andrew McCarthy, a great friend, uh, former federal prosecutor, uh, Southern District of New York, District U.S. Attorney, contributing editor of National Review, a senior uh, fellow at the National Review Institute, and also a Fox News contributor. Uh, his uh, book, his latest book was Ball of Collusion, The Plot to Rig an Election and Destroy a Presidency. Most important, Andy McCarthy, and thank you for coming on today, you've got a blockbuster a blockbuster column in uh, National Review Online. Uh, the title is Trump Warrant Furthers Justice Department's January 6th Investigation. Uh, you say already we can see that the investigation is far broader than just the mishandling of classified information. And there's stuff in here that I would never have dreamed about, so thank you for that. Uh, let me just read you some more. The Espionage Act offense relates to defense secrets. The other two offenses are not limited to classified information. Uh, Section 2071 relates to the removal or concealment of any government record, not just classified intelligence, any government record. And Section 1519 applies to any item at all. It need not be a government record for the point is to protect government investigation. They're going after everything that's there, everything that's there, whether it has anything to do uh, with um, top secret or classified information or not. And you're saying the Presidential Records Act is not a criminal statute. And by the way, none of these other presidential libraries have had to go through this. This is what Steve Scalise just told us. Anyway, Andy McCarthy... Talk to us. Explain to us what you've come up with, please. Larry, you, you've really hit it, which is that there are no limitations on this warrant. I, Before we saw it, I theorized, and I got a lot of blowback over this, that this is mainly about January 6th and trying to make a case on Trump on the basis of that. And I'm not saying – I used the word pretext, and that got me in a little bit of trouble. I'm not saying that they – committed a fraud on the court in getting this warrant or that they lied. Uh, we haven't seen the affidavit, so we don't know what's in it. I'm not saying they're not interested in classified information. I'm sure they'd like to get that back, although, you know, whether it's actually classified or not would be a big factual issue if they idiotically tried to do a criminal prosecution on this because your suspect is the one official in government who has the power to declassify anything. Uh, and there's no law on what he has to do to declassify it. I, I've read in a number of places where they say, well, the president can declassify anything, but, you know, there's all these procedures that they have to follow. The president doesn't have to follow those procedures. The presidents prescribe those procedures for subordinates in the executive branch. The president's power is limited only by the Constitution, which vests all executive power in the president. So no one else in the executive branch, not Merrick Garland, not anyone else, has power. They're all delegates of the president's power, They're all constitutional authorities in one official. So they can't 
there's not a bunch of bureaucrats who can tell the president you have to check these boxes in order to de- declassify something. He's clearly got to do something, but, you know, he's not bound by the same thing subordinates are. But the important thing here is let me just read you one paragraph here, Larry, very short of what they want to what they're authorized to take. Any government and or presidential records created between January 20th, 2017 and January 20th, 2021, from the day Trump was inaugurated till the day Biden was inaugurated. Any government or presidential record they were permitted to take. So there's no limitation on this regarding classified information. Uh, This is mainly about enabling them to do a fishing expedition the size of the Pacific Ocean Mm. over every scrap of paper uh, in the Trump uh, out of the Trump presidency, anything that was generated by the Trump presidency, they can, uh, according to this warrant, they can go through. It's the closest thing I've ever seen to a general warrant, mm. which is constitutionally offensive. That was what the framers were concerned about, the kind of uh, you know, warrants uh, issued to, to uh, British forces, um, which enabled them without any probable cause of a particular crime to look for anything. Um, and that's pretty close to what we have here. Well, this is pretty amazing. Removal or concealment of any government record, not just classified intelligence, any item at all. Again, this is the biggest fishing expedition I've ever seen. This is a witch hunt. That's what that is. It's a witch hunt. Yeah, and Larry, I don't think it can be disassociated with everything else that's gone on for the last six weeks. You know, at the end of June, they did search warrants on two of the lawyers who were connected to the January 6th stuff. And, and remember, this is after the left went crazy over the suggestion that, uh, you know, Merrick Garland had reaffirmed this memo that Bill Barr put out, which in a common sense way simply said that if you're going to investigate a presidential candidate, the attorney general has to sign off on that. And I think most people would have thought that that was already you know, so, and, and why would you need to put them? That's like saying, you know, you should put your socks on before you put on your shoes. It's like common sense. <laughs> but fine, he, he reaffirmed that. And the left took from his reaffirming a common sense standard that, that, that they should actually want, especially with a Democrat uh, in the White House whose family is under criminal investigation. Uh, instead, they went wild because they thought it was a signal that he wasn't serious enough about making the big January 6th case on Trump. So ever since then, the Justice Department has gone into frenetic mode to try to demonstrate to the left that they're really, really trying to make the case. So shortly after that, they do these search warrants on Jeffrey Clark and John Eastman, who two of the lawyers who were uh, connected to the January 6th stuff. They've done grand jury subpoenas, putting uh, two of uh, Vice President Pence's top aides in the grand jury Last week, it was grand jury subpoenas for Pat Cipollone and Patrick Philbin from the Trump White House Counsel's Office. And the day after Mar-a-Lago, they walked up to a member of Congress on the street, Mm. Congressman Mm. Scott Perry in Mm. Pennsylvania, handed him a search warrant and took his phone. So you can't tell me that the Mar-a-Lago search, which happens in the middle of all this, has nothing to do with January 6th when the guy – who's in the center of the Mar-a-Lago search is the guy they're trying to make the January 6th case on. Mm. Um, so it looks to me like it's pretty obvious what's going here, going on here. They wrote themselves a general warrant that allowed them to go through every single scrap of paper from the Trump presidency. 
and they're pouring over it. I, look, I was a prosecutor for a long time. I know what they're doing. They're going over every document that's in their possession to see if they can fill in the blanks that they think they have uh, with respect to the charges that they're contemplating against Trump on January 6th. That's what they're doing. So, okay, uh, we got to take a quick break. But before we do, uh, the, the, you are connecting the dots between January 6th commission, whatever it's called, and this Mar-a-Lago fishing expedition. That's what it is. This is not about national security. This is about trying to prevent... This is about trying to get Trump on a criminal charge. That's what this is really about, is it not? They're trying so hard to get him uh, on a criminal charge in front of some grand jury, and then that will stop him from running for president again. Am I being too hard here? Larry, you can only do a search warrant in a criminal case. You can only have a grand jury in a criminal case. They're not for anything else. So we're going way beyond classified information here, Andy. And uh, what you are saying, if if I read this right, you say plainly this has nothing to do with classified information. It is mainly designed to use the criminal law, the search warrant, an intrusive tactic for retrieving evidence of crimes, to enforce the Presidential Records Act, which is not a criminal statute. And then you go on to say that Congress did not choose to attach criminal penalties to violation of the Presidential Records Act. What we see here amounts to the Justice Department fashioning a new crime for Donald Trump. This is not my idea of the even-handed enforcement of the law. A new crime for Donald Trump, Andy McCarthy. Can you expand on that one? Up until the Watergate era, uh, the assumption was that the records generated by a presidency were the property of the president, uh, which is why, you know, one of the reasons that we have all these presidential libraries, many of which are fabulous, but we have them all over the country. Um, the reason they're maintained in presidential libraries rather than in you know, the, the National Archives uh, is because they were deemed to be the president's property. Then when Watergate happened, there was a big to-do over uh, what, Nixon, what of Nixon's property, particularly the tapes, uh, was, uh, was government property for purposes of uh, at least having it available for a criminal investigation. And in the aftermath of Watergate, Congress enacted the Presidential Records Act and basically changed the assumption that a lot of the information that's generated by a presidency is the property of the government, not the property of the president. But because they were breaking new ground, I think they were a little gingerly about it. So it's really a statute that doesn't have any teeth. It's guidelines for how the National Archives and former presidents should handle the uh, information that's generated, which now is vast compared to what it was in the 70s, because now we have email, which which, uh, you know, uh, mm. obviously explodes the amount of uh, of records that end up getting retained. So there is no criminal there's no criminal provisions in the Presidential Records Act. And, you know, what they've said over the last week is that, you know, Trump took a lot of stuff besides classified information. He took a lot of stuff that the National Archives said should have been left uh, for uh, record keeping by the National Archives, not as Trump's personal property. But there, wa- there are no criminal penalties for that. 
So usually that's worked out by negotiation. What the what the Justice Department has done here is take that statute that you referred to, Section 2071, which talks about removing and destroying uh, government records, uh, and they have basically made that an addendum of the Records Act, of the Presidential mm-hmm. Records Act, so that they can fashion criminal penalties that Congress didn't put in the Presidential Records Act. So you have that one paragraph that I read you before that authorized the FBI to to take any government and or presidential records created throughout the four years of Trump's presidency. It seems obvious to me that what they're doing is they're taking what they're referring to there is the Presidential Records Act. And the National Archives claim that Trump took stuff that should have been left at the National Archives, and they're now attaching criminal penalties to that by making it seizable with a criminal search warrant and cognizable for a criminal prosecution under Section 2071. Uh, Maybe they'll get away with that theory, but they've never come up with it before. This was come up with, obviously, for President Trump. It's never been done before. So they have no statutory authority to do this. They have no constitutional well, authority. They'll say they'll say it was 2071. They'll say if you literally read Section 2071, they have the authority to do it. I think, you know, what I would say about that is two things. Number one, you're dealing with the president here. Um, so there's always an issue about whether that applies to, to presidential records or not. And secondly, if Congress wanted to put criminal penalties in the Presidential Records Act, they could easily have done that. And in fact, Remember, they did the Presidential Records Act after the Nixon Watergate investigation, which was a criminal investigation. So, mm. if, if, you know, it's not like it wasn't on their mind back at that time, but they opted not to include criminal penalties. So if they opted not to include criminal penalties, what does Merrick Garland think he's doing here? He's being very creative. Um, you know, when I was when I was in the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan, Larry, they used to pay me to be creative. And you know, I could be very creative. Well, I don't know. I might want you to be creative. I don't think I want Merrick Garland to be creative. This is like, I mean, I'll go back. It's a little bit of a stretch, but the Supreme Court ruled in West Virginia versus EPA that government regulators cannot just go off on their own and start implementing laws that the Congress never passed. Now, I would think that would apply to law enforcement also. They just can't go off on their own and start implementing, in this case, criminal penalties that the Congress or the Constitution has not passed. I think that's right, Larry. And I think um, here's how this is going to go. I don't think they have any thought of actually prosecuting President Trump on classified information violations because it's too much of a a crapshoot regarding whether he's actually declassified or not. You know, there'd be a profound question of fact of whether these documents are actually still classified or not. Uh, and he obviously was not like looking to sell. He's got more classified information in his head than he had in the boxes <laughs> in Mar-a-Lago. So he's not looking to sell documents to the Russians and that crazy talk. So I don't you know, I don't think they could prove criminal intent on classified information. The only way these documents are ever going to see the light of day in a prosecution is if they decide they can make the case on January 6th for like fraud on the government or uh, obstruction of Congress's uh, electoral count, which those are the main statutes that they're they're looking at. 
And if they think they can make that case, then they may be willing to litigate all the issues that come out of this search warrant. But I don't think you're going to see this as part of a prosecution in connection with classified uh, records. I just I'd be very surprised if they do that. But they're leaking out. I mean, the story in Washington, they're leaking out that these papers had uh, nuclear secrets. And the presumption was, you know, here we go again, Russia, Russia, Russia. Trump is some kind of agent of the Russians. I mean, it's we've been through this. It's all been denied, stopped. It's a hoax. Here they go again. Yeah, well, I I think, Larry, if classified, if nuclear information was really in there and it was really serious nuclear information, I think we'd have heard about it. I mean, now that they've put out the warrant, I think they why wouldn't they leak that, too? I looked at that Washington Post article. You know, it's very vague who their sources are. They didn't even claim that they were sources that were uh, involved in the investigation. They said they were experts in nuclear weapons. They have some kind of government role and they were commenting uh, under anonymity because of the ongoing investigation. But they never said that they were agents involved in the investigation. This is like uh, going back, um, you know, anonymous source like the discredited John Brennan, who used to run the CIA, or that whole crowd of uh, spooks that, you know, tried to impose Russian hoax on Donald Trump. That's what this stuff sounds like. But I just, I, I don't understand. If they were so worried about nuclear secrets, Andy, um, why'd they wait a year and a half? You know? Why do, or even two or even two months. Or even you three know, days, the, actually, when you right, think about it. Right? right they, they had Trump the warrant a week ago Friday. <laughs> right? President Trump, you're right. No, President Trump's complaint was that he sat down with these guys in June, and then they didn't hear another word from them for two months. And, I, you know, if you're right. If they're really, really worried about this stuff, why wait two minutes? You know? That's the part I don't get. Well, I think they wanted to get a couple of rounds of golf in in Palm Beach before they went after this. Right? I mean, and all these, and I'm sure there were plenty of nuclear secrets in Melania's wardrobe. Andy McCarthy, you are fabulous. This is a very, very important column, folks. Everybody should read this up on National Review Online. And you're going to come on the Kudlow Show on Monday. We're going to explore this much more. You're such a great resource. 